Hello, and welcome to Talking Toddlers, where I share more than just tips and tricks on how to reduce tantrums or build your toddler's vocabulary. We're going to cover all of that, I assure you. But here, our goal is to develop clarity, because in this modern world, it's truly overwhelming, especially during these past two years. This podcast is about empowering moms to know the difference between fact and fiction, to never give up, to tap into everyday activities so your child stays on track. He's not falling behind, he's thriving through your guidance. We know that true learning starts at home. And Talking Toddlers, this podcast helps you develop that with clarity, confidence, and clear communication. So let's get started. So why don't children listen? Why do we have to repeat something over and over and over again? Why do they seem to be tuning us out at younger and younger ages? Do they have a hearing problem? Do they have a learning problem, a language processing problem? Although we need to be mindful of all of those early signs of true developmental issues, most kids that you and I deal with, they've learned how not to listen to us. Truth is, we've trained them to tune us out. And that's what today's episode is all about, to really talk about how toddlers as young as 18 months, 24 months, three years of age, tune us out because of their life experiences. So welcome back to Talking Toddlers. I'm Erin Heyer, your host, owner of Higher Learning. And I've supported thousands of families, children and their parents and their grandparents, their teachers and educators through the early development years from birth through six, seven and eight. But for this podcast, I'm really focusing on those early, early years from birth to three or four, maybe even five, depending on maybe you're a mom with multiple kids. But it's really about helping you tease apart what's typical behavior from what's deficient or a true weakness and how you can help your little guy, your little gal stay on track. That's all that I'm really here to drive home is that we can prevent these lifelong struggles. And I truly understand it can be a complicated journey or it can feel really, really complicated. But that's what I'm here to share what I've learned over the last 35 years with my clinical practice and my day-to-day work with kids on the floor and parents in real time to help you, new moms, new parents, new grandparents, gain a better perspective, step back, find clarity, and to really hone in and trust your your gut instinct and to help you tease apart in this very, I don't know, strange modern world that we live in. It's important to remain open. And I've talked about that in several episodes to have this open mindset or this fixed mindset, but to be willing to try a new twist here and there and listen to the why, then you can 
better understand most of the challenging behaviors. Most of them are typical, normal, healthy growing pains. And we as the grownups need to keep it in perspective that they're learning every single day. And yes, they learn through play. And I've talked a lot about what is play and what isn't play. But here today, I want to focus in on why don't kids listen when we're talking to them or why they ignore us when we're giving them directions. And I'm going to share five steps to help you help your kids become and hone in that listening skill to become a better listener and a more cooperative family member. And it starts really, really young. It starts at 16, 18, 20 months of age, but we have to give them opportunities to practice. So let's zone in on these five steps that I want to review through this episode today. So step one, get on their level. When you need your child's attention, make sure you get her full attention. That means eye contact. That means you need to lower yourself down to her, you know, little tiny body, whether it's on the floor or on the sofa, and really look in her eye and verify that she's listening and hearing you. And this not only helps kind of that that immediate need and that connection, but it also helps her build what true communication is, that this is important, what I'm saying to you, and please give me your full attention. Proximity is key. You're not going to talk down to her from standing, whether you're five feet five, or um, you're not going to yell from her or yell to her from around the corner. It's really about speaking with her at her level, get her eye contact, make sure she's zoning in on you and not distracted by whatever she's playing with or looking at or daydreaming about and help her feel my words matter, your words matter. Communication is a two-way street and it needs to be respectful. So Think about every time you're giving her a directive or him, I keep saying her, but you know, her or him, you're giving your toddler a directive. Do you have their attention? And we can't hold them accountable if they're being distracted, right? So number one, get on their level. Number two, do away with don't. I know it's kind of hard, but that's what we parents and even us caretakers on any level, don't sit there, don't play with your food, don't run inside, don't push your brother, don't this, don't that. It's a lot of negatives. And just over the last month, I've been working with a family with a brother and a sister, and there's a primary caretaker and and mom and dad are, are involved, but it's we had to kind of demonstrate it through our play and interaction that if we just switch up our words and instead of saying, don't do this and don't do that, we made three simple house rules that we um, walk and that we talk in a normal voice and that we keep our hands to ourselves. Really, really simple right? We don't run in the house and we don't yell and scream and we don't grab things that aren't ours. But to switch that negative don't, don't, don't into a positive changed the rhythm of the whole house 
almost overnight. It was really amazing to see. And these these kids are four years old and six years old. And I've been working with them for a couple of years, so I'm pretty familiar with them. But it's really important because kids, even a four and a five-year-old, have to take the negation, the don't run in the hall, and they have to ask themselves, okay, what does she not want me to do? And then what does she want me to do instead? That's kind of a complicated intellectual processing for these little people. And it's, it's negation is hard. Um, and I, I've taught this years and years and years that, it, that we have to be factual, that we have to be concrete, even with a kid who has pretty sophisticated language. If it's important, be clear that I need you to walk in the house. I need you to use a nice inside voice. I need you to ask before you reach for something. And so instead of the negation that can be a little contradictive, it could be kind of confusing. And especially if it's an active home life, then they can't process that quickly. So try to keep that in mind. Tell your child all of your children, whether they're two or five or 15, what you want them to do and be really, really clear. Okay. And just keep that in mind. It can make a huge difference and the ability for them to follow through in a very positive framework. Here's another example. Instead of saying, don't leave all your toys all over the floor, you could say, please put your toys in the bin when you're done or please hang up your coat when you're done. And so you tell them exactly what you want. You're pretty clear, you're pretty concrete, and there's no guesswork involved. That's number two, do away with don't. Number three, say yes to yes. Again, it's kind of, okay, what the heck does she mean by this? But think about it for a moment. We often will say no, we can't go to the park. No, you can't have ice cream. No, it's not time. No, this, no, that. And so there's a lot of negativities. And because we're our lives are busy, and you're busy, you're multitasking, and trying to manage a household and some kids and work and, and navigate the world, which is stressful. But all your child really kind of hears is no, no, not yet. Nope, nope, nope. So we want to let the kids hear a little bit more frequently the yeses, right? And it might be instead of saying, no, you can't have a cookie, you can say, wow, cookies are yummy. And we can have one for dessert after Friday dinner. You give them the opportunity that yes, you can do this. And I know that I played around with this a lot with my daughter, and it was pretty fun to watch her understand that, yes, you can do that when you're seven. Yes, you can do that when you're 10. Of course, there are definite situations where you a no is a no, right? But offering more yeses on the day-to-day kinds of things really increase the chances that your child will tune into you more and that they know that they're, they're going to listen for 
perhaps a yes or perhaps a no, but there's a variety of responses to them. And so I think, again, as our life gets more and more complicated, we as the grownups just have to be a little bit more mindful of what it's like for a young child to say, no, you can't have this. No, maybe later. No, you had too many. No, this and no, that. And, And really to help them understand that and I know it's very, very difficult when they're two and three and five and six, but to help them have a concept of time, right? That yes, you can have a cookie after dinner. Yes, we can go to the park on Saturday when we don't have school. Or yes, we can have a friend over on the weekend and to help them understand the structure of the days and the weeks and their life, how it unfolds so that they feel like they have a reference of what is going to happen next and what they can look forward to in the future. So, so far we've covered three. One is to get on her level and really have connected eye contact and their full attention before you give them a direction. Number two is try your best to do away with don't and rephrase your expectations in the positive. What are the expectations for your household so they know exactly what to do? What's the concreteness? And then say yes to yes more often, right? And number four would be to shorten your speech. And for a woman like me who talk, 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 it's really important to remind parents and caregivers of across the board that we need to be clear, concise, and give them time to process and understand and not give a lot of extra fluff, right? So there's this old joke I don't know if it's appropriate here, but I'll share it in where, you know, the the wife comes home and she says, oh gosh, my day was really, really full. I had to go to the dry cleaning and then I ran into Sally and we talked about her dog who went to the vet because he injured his paw. And then, you know, I went to the grocery store, but man, they were so busy and I had to wait in the line so long. It was such a mess. And then, you know, I forgot at the last minute that I had to run to the bank and so I I had to turn around and go to the bank and that she describes and shares in great detail of what her whole day felt like and and what she had to do. If you ask the husband, hey, honey, what what did you do today? And he would say, "Eh, I went on a few errands. And that's, you know, I know it's kind of this, you know, men versus women kind of joke. But sometimes us women have to be mindful that we can over talk, including me, trust me, my poor husband, who's not a chatty Kathy. Um, I sometimes really, really have to stop myself and read his face and say, you know, he's not in the mood to listen to me chat about my day and all the subtle nuances. But as a mom with a young kid, a two-year-old, three, four, six, eight even, we really have to remind ourselves to keep it short, that um, it's really important that we are are pretty clear with what our needs are. We are fairly consistent with what our expectations are. So there's no, 
you know, confusion. So keep your speech short and clear, especially when you're helping them learn how to be an engaged and active family member. You know, where do your boots go? Thank you for hanging up your coat. Um, You know, we will have dessert after dinner. Be really clear. You don't say, oh, we can't have a cookie now because then it'll interfere with your dinner and then you'll be grumpy and then that's not really healthy and then you won't sleep well. Yes, all of that is true, but it doesn't help in the moment. So keep it short and sweet. And then number five, to say thank you in advance. And I alluded to this already, but it's really, again, it's, it's, it's subtle, but it's so powerful when you're working and living and trying to guide and influence these young minds of, of, our, of our kids to help them know that they're that we know that they can do this, right? And so you, instead of telling them what to do, as you're, say, leaving the table, you can say, oh, thank you for putting your dishes in the sink. Or as they enter the house, thank you for hanging up your coat, even before they start to take off the coat, right? So you're thanking them as a preemptive, no, telling them, oh, I know you can do this. Of course you can do this. You've got this. And another example is, you know, you look at their bedroom and you can say as they're about to take a bath or something, you can simply say, oh, thank you for putting your clothes in the laundry basket, right? And so it's really subtle, but it's very, very powerful for these little kids to know in a positive way, or you're giving them kind of this subtle directive up front, and then they just simply follow through. They're not actually being told what to do or reprimanded or corrected that it's just assumed, oh yeah, of course you'll put the the dirty clothes in the laundry basket. So those five quick and easy things to think about, they're subtle, but they're easy, but it takes effort, right? I mean, in the sense that it's like, oh, I have to listen to myself as I engage day in and day out with my little guy or gal and see how well they can follow through. So again, number one, get on their level, eye to eye, make sure you have their attention. Number two, try to do away with don't do this, don't do that. Instead, tell them exactly what you need them to do. Number three, say yes more often. Yes, we can go to the park on Saturday. Number four, shorten your sweet or shorten your speech, keep it short and sweet. Um, because us women mostly um, tend to be too blah, 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 too creative and descriptive, and just keep it short and sweet. Um, I'll take my own advice right here and there. And number five, say thank you in advance. So regarding how we can help them learn how to become better listeners and not train them to ignore our voice. It it might be wise if you haven't already heard episode number 13 to go back and listen to what parenting style you are. And you could be permissive, authoritarian, neglectful, or authoritative. And so it's important that permissive is no rules, authoritarian, a lot of demand, a lot of rules, neglectful is that parent 
is uninvolved or authoritative, which sometimes is misunderstood, but that's where you have clear boundaries, high expectations, and yet there's a compassion and assertive and respectful relationship. And that's what you're building when you're teaching them or helping them shape their listening skills and shape that when you speak, you want them to attend, you want them to follow through. And um, it shouldn't be kind of a a harping or repetitive, oh my gosh, I've told you 15 times to put your dirty clothes in the laundry basket. Um, It it, it's a dance that you start when they're very, very young, and you help hone this auditory listening, this attention to to the people that they live with. And, and so you might want to go back and re-listen to that. And these five easy steps um, are, are really about building a healthy, communicative family life and to help really kind of alleviate some of your overwhelm too, you know, that if you don't have to keep repeating yourselves, then um, your day is going to run smoother. So for today, that's what I really wanted to hone in. And next week, I am going to share ways that we can help for them to express themselves Um, So again, communication is a two-way street. It starts very, very young, starts in utero, but um, these kind of shaping skills are really about uh, when they're 16, 18, 24 months, start early, a little bit each day, and then they will become a really comfortable communicator with you as a family. So thanks again for spending time, your precious time with me. If you're enjoying these perspectives, these tips and tricks and background information, if you're really gaining some good insight, then please share with your friends and family. Help me continue to spread the word, expand my reach and support new moms who want to be in the driver's seat to make it easier, clearer, and more happier in their family each and every day. Um, It's a new world out there. It's not easy. It's complicated. And I think moms and dads, as well as grandparents, need all the guidance they can get. But it's overwhelming too. You you Google this or Google that, and there's a lot of conflicting information. I'm here to help build a stronger communication system, a healthier integrative system in your toddler so they can just go on and and be the best version of themselves. So it all starts at home. You know this, I know this. Have a great week and I look forward to continuing to talk about toddlers. Take care. Bye-bye. God bless. 